Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Dyson. Hi there. And me. Hi there. Matt Ford. He's oh, Matt Ford. There he yeah. is. There he is. Sorry, Sorry, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we used to do that catchphrase, didn't we? He's Matt Ford. And, and so, so am I. I. Yeah. Maybe we should bring it back. It might make it easier. Let's have a think. Now, I'll tell you what, yeah. let's talk about it at the next team meeting. Yeah, um, okay, great. Sure, but today, sure. all the greats on one show. Shreves, Dyson, Ford. Uh-huh. And Hodgson. Hodgson! Yeah. Shreves! <laughs> Whoa! How could I forget? Yeah, we get the exclusive from Roy, the, the, yeah. the exclusive everyone's after in the world of football on this show today. They call it the kennel, because it's just only big dogs. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Big dogs. Woof, woof. Brace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on the uh, podcast, you will get the extended interview with Jeff Shreves. Uh, we, ah, we played yes. a, a truncated version live, but in this you'll get all the delights. Stories of Brian Clough, Gareth Southgate. Oh, yes. The many, many more. gossip from behind the scenes with Richard Keyes. Yeah. Yes, and also, <laughs> maybe not, but um, also what you uh, get um, is a lot of stories about people getting disorientated. Yes. So if losing you're, their bearings. Losing yeah. their bearings, losing their marbles. So, uh, losing their ball bearings. Uh, <laughs> tweet us at R&R Football um, with your stories. Um, you know, just get in touch, guys. You know, what we want this podcast to be mm, is... Mm. Yeah, it's a two-way thing, sure, you know. Sure. It's, it's an open channel of communication. Yeah. It's not just one way. Come on, guys. It's a, it's a dialogue, and it's about saying, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is what we're doing. Let's yeah. plug into what you're doing. Share yeah. best practice. Exactly, because I think you just get it, and mm. when we get it, so yeah. let's just get it together, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brace yourselves, it's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It is a packed afternoon of football, and here to preview it is a man packed with talent. It's Matt Dyson. <laughs> yes, I when the Saints go marching in, I when the Saints go marching in. I want to be in that number when the Saints go marching in to the championship next season. <laughs> Not so much oh. of a march, more of a stumble trip, stumble trip, stumble trip to the second tier. Ooh. At least that's the way it's looking for Southampton right now as they face fourth place Spurs at St Mary's at three this afternoon. St Mary, St Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> How will your garden regrow with no silverware or points to share and only one pretty maid, James Ward-Prowse who will definitely go <laughs> uh, Elsewhere, the uh, from Saints to Sinners turned winners, villains in Ooh, fact, Aston woo. Villa at home oh. to Bournemouth, a side they were below in the table before Unai Emery took charge in October. Now they're 11 points clear and 7 places ahead of the Cherries You can't deny Unai the board-loving Emery Meanwhile, you wouldn't have put a bet on Ivan Tony making the New England squad this week, nice. especially with Cheltenham on to distract him. <laughs> but the soon-to-be-banned striker is in there for now while he awaits his punishment for breaking FA betting rules. The smart money is on him being out for many months. Uh, anyway, he's backing himself to score once again for Brentford at home to Leicester, who are one of only three sides in Europe's top five divisions yet to keep a clean sheet in the league since the World Cup. 
alongside Cremonese and Hoffenheim. Ooh. Remember when Leicester were in the Champions League? It seems like a almost like a dream now, doesn't it? Uh, the other game is a bit of a relegation six-pointer between Wolves and Leeds at Molyneux. There's no early kickoff in the Premier League and some missing fixtures because it's FA Cup quarter-final weekend, of course. But with talk of Roy Hodgson potentially being asked to come out of retirement to save Crystal Palace, the Premier League remains as exciting as ever. Maybe we can get him on later in the Seance of the Living. Ooh. See if there's any truth in these reports that the Godfather is about to make a comeback. Ooh. Every time he tries to get out, they <laughs> drag him back in. So the air horns are on standby for goals galore on your mild, muddy, mid-March match monitoring mixed with music we call Rock and Roll Football. Oh, Dyson! Magnificent! So oh. many different things in there. I mean, I, I love the banter about Southampton, but after last night, are we in a position to jump? We are. We're not, no, yeah. It was a disappointing end, wasn't it? I thought we were going to hold on. No, I did. To be. But we didn't. Yeah. No, we did. I don't think we deserved to get a point, really. We were riding our luck a bit. Now, I, I went to a pub this week. I don't know if you've Ooh. ever been to one. Wow, yeah. Mm. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what happened was, I met a mate there in the afternoon, like two o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and the music was blaring out. That's oh, just like no. two in the afternoon. You've got to that age, have you? Well, no, but it, don't you dare. It was too <laughs> loud. It was definitely, it was objectively too loud. But yes. they were playing. And I remember thinking, I even said to myself, oh, yeah, it must be for Valentine's Day before it it wasn't. They were playing the Dirty Dancing song, I've Had the Time of My Life, oh. and then Celine Dion, The Heart Will Go On. But at two in the afternoon, and there was a really DJ. Loud. There was a DJ there with it, on, with it on vinyl. I, I, I don't know what I walked into. What sort of pub is this? I, don't, I can't. I was just. I said to the band, I was like, "This is too loud." And she went, "Yeah, yeah. It's just. I don't know what's gone on today." <laughs> I, mean, I can't. Someone well, turn it down. Well, I suppose if you've got a DJ in, you've got to, you know, make it worthwhile, haven't you? You can't just have a DJ playing in the background, can you? But if it's too, I mean, that sort of music. To, so, who's listening? Who wants that? Yeah. Oh, it's so. So it was a central London normal common garden pub. Normal pub. Yeah, normal lovely wow. pub. Blaring wow. out. The heart does go. I mean, it's a good song. But you don't expect. I thought it was a prank. I was like, oh, someone's going to walk in and it's their birthday. We had to leave. I was like, this is. A, I was like, can anyone? T-? Everyone was moaning about it and no one turned it down. Yeah. It's a strange one for a DJ. So, so he had decks and everything. Was he like beat matching Celine Dion tracks and subtly mixing them together? You joke. He was literally doing that. <laughs> he really was. That was the, yeah, point. That was the next so point weird. I was going to make. <laughs> so Absolute- weird. But you know that thing where you're trying to have a conversation? Usually when it's loud music, it's like, mm, 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 isn't it? It's like the bass that's yes. coming through. Yeah. But I couldn't... Is- you're there going, sorry, mate. Sorry, I couldn't hear that. But going, do 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 Sorry, what do you want, mate? Absolutely appalling. How strange! Wow. Absolutely terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Would noise get to you, Dyson? I think you're a very zen man. No, no, I'm really anti-noise in a pub these days. I don't mind. You know, if noise in the music in a club. No music in the club. Do you still go clubbing? The club. No, I don't go clubbing. No, but if I did, I would want to uh, have loud music then. But I'm not bothered about it. When was the last time you went clubbing? I actually, I actually did go to the upstairs of a pub last night and uh, hang on and dance to some house music. (laughs) And no word of a lie. No. Wow. Until well, let's. I don't want to get into trouble with management. Well, until what time? Till till about half twelve. 
This was late for a man in his mid-40s. What we, so it was like a nightclub above a pub? Yeah, yeah, we'd been out for some food and then we just went to that afterwards and went to uh, went to this... Uh, there was like a DJ and everything. They weren't playing any Celine Dion. It was pure, pure house bangers. Well, Dyson, is it rude to ask uh, a co-host his age? Yeah, 46. And my mate John, he, there was like a light my box in John. the corner of the room. The, yeah. my, the light box in the corner of the room. He had one um, mini Guinness shot, and then he was like dancing on the light box. He, he was just like dancing like with his hands in the lights, just like completely... What is going on on the south coast of England? <laughs> what are you lot getting up to I down there? I don't know. It was weird. It was wow. a very strange night. So did you, did you hurt all over when you woke up this morning? morning uh, <laughs> yes it wasn't in a great way i must admit yeah it was uh, i was feeling it i was feeling it certainly uh, but a few people getting in touch Stuart says i used to go clubbing with my granddad no way oh man have you ever been clubbing with you i mean i guess clubbing with your parents is one thing if you've been clubbing with your grandparents do let us know 8 12 15 <laughs> have you ever been clubbing with no. your grandparents Tyson? no i only ever saw my grandparents dancing like you know sort of like a, in a social club at a wedding or some sort of function yeah you know i'd see them dancing there but it wasn't really like clubbing i wouldn't say and what sort of dancing was it tell me about your grandma's was... dancing <laughs> well <laughs> Uh, it was quite almost ballroom, you know. It was that sort of era. Okay, it was classic. Very much, Grandad Fred would take control. What a name, yeah. Fred! And Fred and Francis would sort of just follow his lead. She was a lot smaller than him, and they would just sort of like effortlessly, effortlessly uh, just shimmy around the the wall, the room of the uh, the social club in Coventry where th- this event happened. I, I specifically remember that. I think it was someone's wedding after party or something. Frankie and Fred. Yes. Yeah. Is that, is that well, how they would re- refer to themselves, or no, 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 they didn't. No. Okay. But I wish that. I wish they. I wish they had. I wish they had. Frank and so it was what Francis and Fred. Yes. What yeah, a lovely yeah. pair of names. And did they? Would you call her Frankie or not? <laughs> I'd never call her Frankie. Okay. I'd call her Fran. We call her Fran. Fran. Fran and Fred. Fran. Yeah. Fran and Fred. Yeah. Lovely. The she, dancers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Fran and Fred. But yeah, what about you? What about your grandparents? You ever see them dance? You ever Ooh, see them okay. glow yeah, stick in you? hand? What about you? No, I, I no, glow no. stick in hand. No. Well, my granddad was the only one I knew really. So um, no, I never saw him dance. Because oh, I mean, that's why that? I imagine it to be such a an odd image in my mind is when I was growing up. I mean, it's different now. But when we were growing up, our grandparents were like old people, if you know what I mean, like from a totally yeah. different generation. Whereas, yeah, they dressed like old yes. people as well, didn't they? Whereas, yeah, they exactly, they just wear grey, like... grey slippers, grey jumper, grey trousers, grey hair. Um, yeah. Whereas now, you know, people in their seventies are going mad by the sounds of things. Well, that's it. Yeah, people are just raving and we- wearing leisure wear and all sorts. Leisure you know, wear. My granddad <laughs> would wear a tie. I think he wore a tie pretty much every day of his life he just liked it very formal even when he was even when he was at ministry of sand (laughs) yeah yeah he tied around his head then (laughs) (laughs) do you just to come back to this idea that you're um old Mm. do your kids talk to you like you're old do they treat you like you're an old man Oh, uh, yeah, they treat me with disdain. My <laughs> eldest does, certainly, yeah. She's like, um, yeah, she's, she never laughs at my jokes. She Aww. just calls them dad jokes, you know, straight away. Uh, and, yeah, and if I try and say anything slightly modern or any sort of modern term or talk about any trends on TikTok, they, yeah. just, uh, they just laugh at me. What so you like, like, oh, I've given up. So, like, when you say, oh, man, a Peppa Pig is sick on TikTok, man. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. She's like, the shut up, Dad, I hate you. Say. Yeah, yeah. I hate that's everything what... about you. And even the middle daughter now, if I come to work, uh, to come to pick her up from school in, in shorts, she'll go, never come to school dressed like that again. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Oh, my word. How old is she? <laughs> She's nine. She's just turned nine. Already acutely embarrassed by her father. And can, can we ask, how short are the shorts? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not like hot pants. They're just normal. <laughs> they're not like shorts. Nigel Farage's running shorts. <laughs> The, uh, the, the underpant lining has perished. <laughs> oh, no. But no, what no. we're talking then, like chunky ones, Bermuda just shorts? Just that normal short, yeah, just like chino shorts, you know. Sometimes, mm. and she particularly didn't like the shorts that were, you know, made out of sort of like jogging bottom material. She didn't like the look of them. No, but, they're terrible. Know, yeah, yeah. So Why are you uh, maybe, turning up at schools dressed like that? Because <laughs> it's just picking the kids up from school, isn't it? Dyson, I don't, I don't can't, make got an a, effort. Got a, man, <laughs> the thing is, you've actually, and, and I shouldn't say this sounding surprised, you've actually got a good set of pins. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're all right. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're the best part of my body, I'd say, my legs, yeah. Second uh, best part. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best part of Matt Dyson's body? Text us on Today, for the first time in about five years, we are supporting a new team in our Glory Hunters. We are fans now of Rushall Olympic FC. So, Dyson, let's go to Rushall and tell me about this wonderful place. Firstly, where is it? Uh, well, come with me to a former mining village in the northern suburbs of Warsaw, where we find the home of Rushall Olympic Ooh. FC in the Southern League Premier Division Central. They dwell at a 2,000 capacity ground called Dales Lane uh, and sitting safely in the playoff places of the table at the moment. Away at Bedford Town they are this afternoon. Ooh. Bedford play at The Irie, which uh, sounds like, which I thought was like a... Black grape. Uh, yes, yeah, England's Irish. It's, uh, it's actually the ground that Bedford Town play at. So up the mighty picks is what they all say. Us, us fellow Rushall Olympic fans. Uh, Vice Chairman Nick Allen has been in touch with us on Twitter, Ooh. thanking us for the support. Hashtag Share the Picks Passion. So do feel free to share your passion for the picks this afternoon. Founded in 1893, this club. So it's got mm. a, a proud history. Uh, the likes of Zat Knight have played for them. Wow. Remember Zat Knight? Yeah. Former Sunderland and Stoke player Liam Lawrence. Yes, I remember him. He was fantastic. Yeah. Crucial good, in Stoke's promotion to the Premier yes. League. Him yeah, Ricardo that, Fuller that season. Very good winger, wasn't he? He played for them towards the end of his career. He was brilliant. And, um, the name Rushall uh, means a place... In the marshy ground where rushes grow. Oh, That's my what it's, God. it's just it's just all rushes basically. Um, it's not the so, wind in the willows. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's just a place full of rushes. I think we're just going to call that rush all because it's all rushes. So I don't know if Cornwall is like full of uh, corn on the cob. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if that translates. It probably is. It probably way. will. There'll be something in that. Yes, corn and walls. wall of corn. Yeah, wall corn and corn and walls. That's all there is down there. <laughs> we'll call it Cornwall. But Rushall was full of rushes, and so it is called Rushall. And we shall support them on the Glory Hunters on Rock and Roll Football. I love how you go slightly vicar sermon. <laughs> you, you take yeah. on a kind of holy yeah, that's delivery. That's my thing. That's my thing. And yeah, we will all yeah. support them because it's <laughs> what he would have wanted. <laughs> Is that music? It makes me go. It makes me go all it thought for the day. It makes me go all thought for the day. Oh, you're such a softie at heart, aren't you? You know, people <laughs> might see you hanging around outside schools in your silly shorts <laughs> and make all sorts of assumptions, but they, they couldn't be 
almost wrong. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. I've always wondered, you know, when pitchers get used for different sports, occasionally you'd see on Old Trafford, like, rugby union or rugby league uh, yes. markings. Mm. You think, does it confuse the players? Well, this week we had the answer because uh, there were rugby lines on the pitch and Bradford City keeper Harry Lewis comes about ten yards out of his box and catches the ball thinking he was still in his area. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, I mean, the markings are very clear. You can see how he's done it, but he doesn't realise until he grabs the ball then looks around and goes, wait a minute, that's the wrong line. Yeah, I'm almost at the halfway line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the 22, not the edge of my box. It's, I think it's fairly understandable how he did it. Oh, but totally, yeah. But I, I've always wondered if it would um, disorientate yeah. people, and, and now I have the answer, and I'm, yes. I'm sure lots of people... You know, it's like, um, you know, gyms at school, we like, like, you had, like, the, 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 the basketball markings, the badminton yes. markings. Like, half of it was just gibberish. Was I didn't mad, know what I was it? playing yeah. half the time. Yeah, there's still... Like, is this a tennis court or a basketball or netball? What's going on? It was just sort of like lit bits of tape all over the floor, didn't it? And yeah, why's my maths... Or well, geography. It was always passive. geography teachers did PE as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah never your history. There was always geography that was like geography and PE. Um, yes. But <laughs> text us on 8.12.15 about the greatest times you've got yourself disorientated. Dyson, mm. uh, I imagine this has happened to you quite a lot. Well, yeah, I've, I've lost my bearings a few times. Mm. But I think, um, I mean, the word... Everyone has a sort of tale. It's quite similar. A friend of mine who shall remain nameless stayed over at my house once when I was much younger. And uh, he had a few drinks. And in the night, he'd gone up to go to the toilet. And uh, that's all he could remember. And then he went back to sleep. And then in the morning in this flat, um, we woke up. And at the top of the stairs, there was like a wet patch. <laughs> no one knows how it got there. Um, we presumed that uh, he had got up in the middle of the night and thought he'd made his way to the toilet. He'd lost his bearings, and I think he, he, he thought he was in the toilet when he was at the top of our stairs. I mean, it could have ended a lot worse. But. That could have been terrible. I mean, I remember when I was about maybe 17, um, sleepwalking, going into my mum's bedroom, going into like her bottom drawer, putting, up, uh, putting about three sets of my pyjamas on and then trying to wee in the... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Oh, Just like shake me to wake me up. Tried to wee in the bottom drawer. Oh, wow. Why did you put all the pyjamas on before you did a wee? I don't know. I just thought I was... cold. I, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was... I have to put all the clothes on and then start <laughs> weeing on what was... What, I don't know what... To, I mean, it seems to be only boys that sleep yeah, wee. I know, yeah. Sleep weeing is yeah. a big problem, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, I never heard of it happening to you. So maybe they're out there. Please get in touch with your tales. Yeah, have uh, you... I mean, yeah. there is a chance that this is just all like, where have you slept, walked and had a wee, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't just want that. Yeah. But any other stories about you getting disoriented? I mean, you know, sometimes, particularly if you fall asleep in the back of a taxi, there's a oh. period where you wake up and, like, you have no idea what city in the world you're in. Yeah, so confusing, isn't it, for that split second. Like, why am I in New York? Realize. Oh, no, 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 yeah. it's not a Yeah, just here, please, thank you very much. So <laughs> <laughs> what has gone wrong with me? I feel mm. like this is an issue other people don't talk about, Dyson. Yeah, yeah, finally, someone's saying it, someone's discussing it, you know, this is about time. Yeah, we're going to do it today. And probably for the last ever time. So, Dyson, lots of people getting in touch about being disorientated, specifically about the sort of thing that we are talking about, i.e., where is the worst place 
that you have yes. weed. Yeah, yeah, I know. Surprising, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah, I'd say about 90% of correspondences so far have been about uh, uh, urination in some capacity. Uh, we, have, uh, we have actually had a, a female uh, who's, who's got involved and done a sleep wee. Uh, Tracy Jones on Twitter okay. uh, says, says she sometimes dreams she's trying to find a loo because she's bursting and in pain and can't find one. And then uh, finally I do, but it's in the middle of a crowded room. This is the dream. And she wakes up and only just makes it to the loo in time. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. A lot to analyse. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Any psychologists out there, do get in touch. Um, I'm sure you won't mind me telling you this, because you used to do it as a stand-up routine, but Paul McCaffrey, uh, sometimes co-host of the show, would sleep wee. But he would oh, always, really? um, in his dream, he would be lifting up the lid of the toilet and he would always, like, wee places where he'd lift it up. So he'd, he'd wee on the armchair, but he would, like, lift up the cushion first. Oh, wow. Or, like, on a, a record player with one of those plastic lids on. You yeah, know, no, he did. He then... really did. Yeah, did he? Wow, he really did. He really did. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm mildly paranoid. I've betrayed a, a confidence there. But he, he did used to tell it on stage, so... I'm going to remove the name from this text to protect the identity of one of our listeners. He says, I lived in Iowa ten years ago and ventured out to get some tea bags in a snow blizzard. The supermarket was only 100 metres from my apartment, but I somehow ended up in a, in a, someone's garden and was brought home by a state trooper. I didn't even get my tea bags. Now, how's this for a PS? The other story I can't repeat involves my mate's mother. But I was very drunk. <laughs> Should we get him on the phone? Oh, yes. We want more. <laughs> okay, his mate's mum on the phone. What on earth? I mean, I'm guessing it doesn't involve tea bags. No. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that was my mouth. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Matt, Matt, and you. Rock and roll football. Ladies and gentlemen, very excited. It's time now. Please give it up. For the How Time Entertainment. We are joined now by a titan of British sports broadcasting, Sky Sports' Jeff Shreves. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you sounded remarkably upbeat, bearing in mind Newcastle's last minute winner last oh! night. Are you, are you okay, fella? Uh, just about. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I think. Had we got a draw, I'd have felt a bit lucky. There, maybe there's some justice. The dreaded VAR goal that was disallowed. Do me a favour. I mean, I don't understand with that then, and you're closer to it than, than, than we are as fans. If Stockley Park can't tell the referee if it's offside, then surely with offside decisions, that's not something that should be looking at a pitchside monitor for. I can clarify. You're correct. We are closer to it, but we don't understand it half the time either. <laughs> Not a clue. I can't complain about the penalty. Why did I mention this? Oh, no, I don't know what he did. We're here to promote the wonderful work you're doing with Legends of Football in aid of the Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy uh, charity. Um, Now, the Legends of Football Hall of Fame has been going since the late 90s, and legends, including the wonderful Brian Clough, have been inducted into it. He was brilliant that night. I mean, he's brilliant every night, isn't he? But of all the people... I mean, obviously you've interviewed all the greats over so long, such an amazing period of time. Where does Clough rank in terms of people? He's an absolute god. Uh, Hilarious as well. Um, I remember the first time I went to interview him, he said, right, what's your name? I said, it's Jeff. He said, Jeffrey. I said, only my mum calls me Jeffrey when I'm in trouble. He said, correct. That's why I'm calling you Jeffrey. <laughs> and then on the night when he came into Legends of Football, he wasn't too well. So Nigel, his son, said, it's OK if my dad doesn't speak. He's really 
not feeling too well. But he still came. We raised a terrific amount of money. We handed our presenter at the time, handed him the award, and uh, Cluffy went, Give me that microphone, you bloody fool. <laughs> he then did 45 minutes to the room and got three standing ovations. Wow. He was sensational. My God. Uh, this year, Ian Wright and Emma Hayes are going to be inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame. Ian uh, Wright, formerly of this parish. This, that's right, yes. Show. That's right. Well remembered, yes. He was one of the original hosts of rock and roll football. It's an honour to sit in his chair. I mean, he is someone, obviously, who's done so much for football on and off the pitch. Emma Hayes as well. I mean, you're someone who doesn't just work with people on the pitch. You're obviously colleagues with some phenomenal fo- pundits. During Euro 2020, she, she was a revelation of a pundit. Well, I worked with Emma on the debate show on Sky three or four years ago and I said at the time this lady is so impressive she's an incredible football coach and an amazing communicator as well but what's fantastic about Legends of Football this year um, is that we chose two people independently because of what they've achieved in the game so we are honouring their careers on the night as we have done all the others Pelé, Cantona, Bobby Robson as you said Shearer, Beckham, Gerrard Lampard, The, the list is endless but these two are massively big mates. They've got an incredible synergy. We did an interview with them uh, a couple of weeks ago, which we've just put out, and honestly, it's good news for the viewer, I hardly get a word in edgeways, (laughs) because they bounce off each other, and and the beauty of it is Ian Wright's love and support of women's football, it's not a recent thing, even when he was a kid. He said, when I was growing up, the two best footballers in my school were two girls, and they never got a chance, never got a chance. Emma Hayes, as a kid, was at Arsenal before she had an injury, which meant she couldn't play anymore. She said, I remember Wrighty coming down to the old clock end, the JVC centre, and giving out his boots that he didn't use anymore to the girls that would want them, because they didn't have boots at the time. So it's a real, it's a really rock-solid friendship that they enjoy, and a, a massive mutual respect. And they're all, they're both huge lovers of music as well. Their, their taste is so eclectic. It's brilliant to listen to them. You talk about their synergy and, and, and the fact that you barely get a word in. I mean, it must be tricky. Your job is probably the most difficult job in sports broadcasting because you're interviewing people often when they're in a foul mood. It must be easy to interview people when they've won, but difficult interviews with managers or players when things haven't gone their way. The claustrophobia, you know, you're right on top of them when you're asking them these things. There must be so many moments that, that are memorable for you, but is it difficult to, to handle those? scenarios sometimes yeah it's and I, and I certainly don't get it right every time not by a long chalk um but what you have to try and remember the person in front of you they 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 didn't set up if it's a manager they didn't set up their team to lose they didn't try and lose however they may have contributed to it with their tactics or with their selection and i've got to ask the questions and everybody who does my job you've got to ask the questions that you feel the viewer would want asked, within reason. Uh, and then it's a matter of trying to have some sympathy or empathy, and I know there'll be people screaming at the radio, run, oh, yeah, where was that when it was in Ivanovich? Or <laughs> what about that time you got stuck into so-and-so? So, yes, it is occasionally tricky, but, you know, that's only half the time. There's always a winning manager, there's a winning player. And also, as well, never forget, in our industry, you've got to go back. So if a manager has lost unless he's under severe pressure, you're not going to stand there and deliberately give him a hard time because you might see him in three or four weeks' time. So, for instance, I'm with Graham Potter this afternoon. Now, he went through a really, really tough period. And you ask the questions, how concerned are you about keeping your job? It's not unreasonable, it's not unfair. He's a professional, he's expecting it. But what you don't do is go over the top. So when things are going well, he looks at you and thinks, oh, yeah, here comes smart ass. 
Um, mm, I remember how he behaved. So we're, we're all in kind of the game together, and you've just got to find that balance. And do players or managers that perhaps have been maybe not rude to you or, or you know, Kurt or Shaw ever say to you, look, a couple of weeks later, I'm sorry about that, you know, it was a difficult time and I, I shouldn't have behaved the way that I did? No. They I'm, never joking, ab- I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. Of yeah. course they do. And equally, I've apologised to players and managers. I said, look, on reflection, I got that wrong. I'm sorry about that. Mm, I think I was a bit over the top there. But you, you learn from those experiences as well. Um, and they're also not... I mean, people say, oh, you know, look, when the camera goes off, they're really angry with you. You know, they, are they, they look like they want to punch you. No. I'd say 99% of the time it finishes with a handshake and also, you know, still to this day, you often get invited in for a drink as well. So it's, it's not necessarily how it looks on and, the television. And is that, you know, back in the day that would have been a glass of red wine. Mm-hmm. Is it still alcohol these days, or is it a fruit smoothie? Uh, uh, on the rare occasion you're in with a manager or a coach, it's normally a glass of red wine. OK, so it's nice to know that tradition has still endured, even in the modern era. Absolutely, absolutely. It, but it's, it's less, because it's a, a, a British thing, and the foreign coaches don't necessarily embrace it. And also now the demands of the media are so much greater, they don't have the time. Yes, because there are so many broadcasters that they're not just doing you, they've got to do Sky, the BBC, ITV, NBC, ESPN, I mean, God knows how many around the world. Are they all the other people you work for? <laughs> do you know what? I wish it was. I wish that was right. Like... <laughs> just listen. This is a message from Matt Ford to all foreign broadcasters. <laughs> available for work. Rock and roll football is available for syndication worldwide. You mentioned Ivanovic there. I always, I've always felt... You've had a ludicrously hard time over it because, actually, you don't say anything rude to him. It's a really brief interview. It's more that you're telling him something that surely he should have already known. Well, I'm here to talk about legends of football, but I don't mind mentioning in my highly acclaimed, hugely popular and still available on Amazon book now, cheers, Jeff. I do... I devoted the whole chapter to it because so many people ask me about it. Uh, Synopsis. Did I mean to deliberately upset him? Of course not. Were there mitigating factors three or four, which you'll find incredible, including he had no idea whatsoever that he was banned for the final. Not a clue. Didn't realise till he got back on the bus. Could it have been handled better? Of course. So it was, it was only... And it literally it was only years later uh, that that one got put to bed. Because you can sort of see in his face. He, he didn't know. And you just think... how. First, I guess... I understand how a player could not know. You but forget how many yellow cards. I Nottingham Forest. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no need to extract revenge here. No, no, no. no. I'm ba- I'm, I was always on your side in, in that version. Oh, just you, thought, were, you were the one. I was the one guy on Twitter, yeah, backing you up. But, I mean, I guess that's just an occupational hazard. When you're interviewing so many people in such an emotional state... Yeah. In fact, it's remarkable that... There are actually very few examples that people could think of. It, look, it, it, it can happen, it, it does happen, and sometimes the things you don't know what's going in somebody's life as well. Yes. So we're even more aware of that these days. So you just got, you know, a lot of the time it's feeling your way. And, and knowing people, it's like most industries, it's all about relationships. It's like when people say, oh, what question do you decide to ask? I liken it to being a, a bowler in cricket. Now, not that I'm trying to catch people out, far from it. But you don't, you know, for. You wouldn't bowl the same way to every batsman. Some might be fast, some might you might flight it up a little bit, others a bit of spin. It's whatever is going to get the best response. Never forget the old journalistic expression, the most important thing about a question is the answer. Yes. So if it's a manager, say somebody's got beat 5-0, if it's a manager who is fairly reticent normally and it's short answers, you say... Clearly not what you were looking for today. What do you think were the contributing factors for such a defeat and such a heavy defeat? Mm. Or if it's somebody I know really well, you say, 
Wasn't good, was it? What happened there? So it, you just vary? Yes. So it's, as, it's as simple as that. And the relationship between football and the media obviously has changed. When you think specifically about England and the change that Gareth Southgate has brought in to make the England camp more open after years of where it felt very I- impenetrable... I mean, I'm presuming that you think that's a good thing. As a fan, I think it's a good thing that the, the team has seemed to be more open. Do you think that's made the players more relaxed with the media, more trusting? Yeah, I've been around the England squad. Uh, I covered the World Cup for Fox Television, and I, I, I got to, I know the England camp well, uh, the same as all and the same as all of the other media reporters. The the access and the relaxed nature of it. Was fantastic. I mean, it's a, it's a tiny little thing. It's just for a bit of fun. Before each press conference, whichever player was coming in, there'd be a darts challenge. So I took yes. on Aaron Ramsdale on about the third game. Now, I, I am to darts what I am to juggling, as in hopeless, hopeless. And I know Aaron reasonably well. <laughs> Do not ask me how, but I beat him. And he was absolutely crestfallen. <laughs> was he wearing his goalie gloves? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any excuse whatsoever. But, yeah, you, you're right. I think what Gareth has done as well, he's given players responsibility, he's more open. And what he's achieved is a very quiet but a very important thing. He's just made the England shirt that little bit lighter to wear. Previously, there were players who were getting called up for squads and that the, the vitriol and the, the pressure of when it didn't go well, they're, they're thinking, do I really need this? Do I really want that? Now, you and I, we would give anything we have to play uh, football for England. Of course we would. But it was getting to the stage where players were really not enjoying it. He's changed that. He's changed that culture. Now we just want to see the next step, which is obviously the ultimate aim, to deliver a trophy. Again, Gareth was our recipient at Legends of Football last year, along with Ellen White. And we had a great night. We had James Bay playing. We had some terrific speakers. Stuart Pearce spoke. Jill Scott spoke about Ellen White. And they were so entertaining. Uh, James Bay did a brilliant set. And Gareth Southgate got up and he said, right, it's been an incredible evening. We've just... And he listed all of those factors of the evening. James Bay, young boy playing. Um, and the, the comedy, the, the humour that we had on the night. He said, it's 115 and you've just put the driest bloke in the room on stage. <laughs> he then he then delivered, and I think it's still available on YouTube, the most sensational speech. Because I just gave him a very... He said, what do you want me to talk about? I said, just talk about being the England manager. Tell me what it means and what it's like. And it's about 12, 13 minutes long, and it was just extraordinary. And he got a standing ovation, and people, a couple of people said to me, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure about coming tonight because of not because of Gareth but didn't necessarily think he'd be the most out entertaining it was an inspiring heartfelt and thought-provoking speech he gave so it was great that that's kind of the thing we try and trade on at legends because you get lots of players there's all sorts of people in the room players uh, ex-players former colleagues former managers and we give people we give our orders they feel like they're inside the ropes yes. you know if you if you in that rare position where you go to a concert or anything where you're connected you know somebody and they go away feeling that you know because you can have selfish you can chat to people at the bar they're all there and that's what we try and maintain well jeff it sounds absolutely phenomenal that's legends of football in aid of nordoff robbins music therapy righty and emma hayes to be inducted this year so how can people find out about it jeff all the details are on our website, including that uh, very entertaining interview with Emma and Ian. If you Google Legends of Football, it will come up. But the actual 
website address is lofootball.co.uk. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Oh, what a treat having Jeff Shreves right here in the studio. Go on, those lovely... Voices, Shreves. Yes. Oh, a lot of them sound like that. Yeah. Of course, it was one nil at half time. Didn't finish like that, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know that being a forest man. You know, a slight. Richard yes. Keyes had that as well. There's a yeah. there's a softness there. A touch of lineum about it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. We're going to go yeah. to Goodison where they need a result. They didn't get one, by the way. There's always that slight sarcastic, <laughs> slightly um, wry. Yeah. Slightly wry. Eye. Well, we've got breaking news now, by the way. There's a goal in the Glory Hunters game. Yes, <laughs> there is. Rock and roll football. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Come on, the picks. Hashtag share the picks passion. They're one nil up at half time on the road at Bedford Town. Uh, their, twi- their Twitter person is very good as well. Very detailed analysis of the game. And uh, on 26 minutes, a flowing move from Sam Mantum's measured cross. And it's forced home by Alex Moore. It's just Get like being in- there. Yeah, getting scolzy, they say. Presumably, he has ginger hair. I yes. I can only presume Alex Moore has ginger hair. Josh says, I once fell asleep on the Villa game day train special. Woke up Ooh. on the powered down train in the depot by a confused oh, no. Dutch girl who couldn't oh. understand the announcement. The train terminated and we were stuck <laughs> on it. We had to bang on the windows until someone noticed, powered up the train and let us off. Whoa. The start of a horror film. That sounds scary, doesn't it? Yeah, confused Dutch girl waking you up in a depot. Whoa, amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, it was pre-mobiles as well, wasn't it? Because, of course, now that wouldn't wouldn't happen, would it, in quite the same manner? You'd be straight onto the uh, the train company's yeah. Twitter feed, giving them hell. Yeah, tweet, at Northern Rail, I've been locked yeah. on a train. Yes, yeah. I'm drunk and it's my own fault. That's not the point. Yes. The yes. girl here from Holland, she didn't even understand <laughs> the language, mate. What's going on around here? Exactly. I'd uh, always worry that they'd say, we tried to wake you up and you told me to, like, unhand you or something. Oh, no, no, no! Oh, a Leicester equaliser at Brentford. Yeah, all the teams down the bottom starting to do well. Harvey Barnes has scored it. It's one all. Oh, dear. <laughs> Harvey Barnes. <laughs> Such a lovely name, though, isn't it? Harvey Barnes. Yes. Oh, it sounds like it should be a, a brand of sherry. Yeah. Yes, it does. Or like one of those um, places where, like a designer outlet village. Oh, yes. Oh, you must go to Harvey Barnes. This weekend at Harvey Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only oh, at Harvey yeah. Barnes. <laughs> Ralph Lauren. The Harvey Barnes outlet village. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Junction 25 <laughs> of the M1, subject to status. <laughs> Big goal up in Scotland, Dyson. Yes, an equaliser for Celtic against ten-man Hibernian. It's now one-all. Jota with a pen. And I think there's something going on at Southampton Tottenham. There's a VAR review. I'll let you know if anything happens there. Yes, I saw Paul Merson gesticulating on yes, Soccer Saturday yes, like he was doing yeah. the hacker. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, certainly. Uh, loves the gesticulation. As does Michael Dawson. A lot of people do, you know, Dyson. Yes, yes, they do. Are you yeah. like that? Are you a European? Do you sort of move your arms around when you're making well, a point? I think Ma- Michael Dawson started to use the uh, thumb over the fist thing that politicians do yeah. these days. That they, 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 the pundits doing that, I love to see. Scott Parker's a, a big one of that. You know, the ball's bombing around in midfield, they're popping the ball about, you've got your wing-backs bombing on, you know, uh, the different yeah. transitions of play, you know, just like, oh, man. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know he's talented, but, you know, sometimes it's just like, you glaze over. Uh, yes, In a way, exactly. you do want like an unreconstructed. That's why Sue Ness 
and keen yes, are so popular. It's true, more conversational. You don't want to overanalysis, do you? But also, you just because that was rubbish. Yeah, awful, awful. Playing like that, they're going to go down. That's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, go on, slag them off. That's what I yeah. always say. I don't want analysis. I want a little bit. I want the stuff yeah. that I couldn't see if I was there. And then I just want... To- That's ideal. Yeah. Here's what happened. The bit you didn't see, and weren't they rubbish? And here's a strong opinion. Not yeah. technical analysis about high presses and XG yeah. stats. Uh, well, I mean, nonsense. I don't actually understand. I know what XG means, expected goals. What's it, what does it yeah, actually oh, mean? I mean, it's just madness, isn't it? Like, I expect them to score. I expected Ivan Tony to score, but he hasn't today yet. So it's pretty meaningless, isn't it? But what um, is it? Like, a, a, some sort of computer system that yeah, predicts how many goals yeah, you should yeah. have scored? Some sort of AI has been working on it, in this, and they... they can work out a player's expected goals. But, yeah, I mean, they could just say anything, couldn't they, really? Also, I, just, what, I, just, I don't understand on what it's based. <laughs> it's can based you tell on, me? It's based Liam on knows, past Liam performances. Knows. Liam's got Isn't some it, info. It's, it's, it's those vests they wear that compile all the pro stats. Prozone. There's, they got the Prozone vests on. I mean, I, I, uh, they I'm get not... All the stats. Liam knows. Yeah, go, good. Go. Put your pint down. This isn't the yeah. science of it. I'm not, I'm not a professional <laughs> spokesperson. But, yeah, it's to do yeah. with the sports vests they wear that monitor the data. But okay. it's also, like, the positions they take up in the box. So if okay. Ivan Tony, for example... Ivan? Yes. Is that, is it Ivan? Ivan? Yeah. Ivan? Yeah. Yeah. He told me to say Ivan. Who did he? just been called up to England. I don't know. He was from Transylvania. But if he gets some good positions in the box, his XG goes up. Yes, so he gets yeah. in good position because he yeah. could have been there. For, it's, it's, it's a flawed system. It's, a, but it's Opta. Is it Opta? It's Opta. Yeah. It's so you, hang on. All right, Grandad, just, yeah. just, just <laughs> pick your pipe back up for a second. So XG is based on GPS. And an update on the Glory Hunters as well. We have for this. We have uh, slightly worrying news, not necessarily bad news at this stage, but Russia Olympic um, on their Twitter feed it says after a goal mouth melee and subsequent (laughs) major handbags, Alex Cameron (laughs) (laughs) Cameron has been shown a straight red after the scrum down. Parity in numbers, a major your battle on our hands. Eagles nil, picks one. So they're still in the lead, but they're down to ten men. Talking of leads. Yeah. Wow. Leeds lead is less of a lead. <laughs> it's less of a lead for Leeds because Mateus Kuna has scored for Wolves. It's now Wolves 2, Leeds 3. If they lose a three-goal lead, that will lead to bad things for Leeds, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? Yeah. Good of you to tap that out in Morse code while you were saying it as well. <laughs> what are you doing? That's actually you're playing the drums. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so excited. Actually, on your uh, domestic situation, we had a text mm. earlier. Um, oh, yeah. From uh, a, well, a, a very attentive listener saying, "How is the um, baking tray and bin working out with the dog?" Ah, yeah. Um, I can, well, I keep forgetting to put the baking tray on. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. So the issue persists. He's okay. still a bin dipper, and uh, yeah, he's still and he's uh, he's taking some horrible stuff out of there. What like? <laughs> what's what's, well, what's the mean, latest? Well, his his favourite is, as we know, is is nappies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's truly grim. I mean, once you've gone there, there's nothing worse than that, is there? <laughs> I don't think they can get any worse. No, there's not nothing worse going in our bin. But yeah, uh, okay. I did try. So where I did else try the, I did try the um, the baking tray. Um, uh, and uh, the clatter sort of scared him, but it hasn't put him off. So, you know, he's still still into it. Wow. He really yeah. wants those nappies. <laughs> yeah, he, does, he can't get in the way. No baking tray's <laughs> going to get in the way of that dog. <laughs>
The Seance of the Living on Rock and Roll Football. Send us your questions and Matt Dyson will summon a spirit through the void to answer them. Yes, it's time once again for the seance of the living. Let's see who is out there. Inundated we have been with requests from Crystal Palace fans wanting to to know if we can get the direct line to Roy Hodgson about these strong rumours that uh, the club are going to tempt him out of retirement at the age of 75 to take over at Crystal Palace and save them from relegation. Roy, is there any way you could give us the exclusive? If you're out there. Well, he's just asking me, is there anything else you'd like to ask him as well? Um, uh, what he did for St. Patrick's Day as well. Okay. That would be nice, yeah. Well, I can't tell you, I won't comment on the contextual matters of Crystal Palace. I'll tell you what I've done for St. Patrick's Day, though. I had a few parts of Guinness. I had a uh, beef bowl. Can <laughs> very well with these people we have. I like the um, uh, beefy meeting or something. Um, but uh, well, you know, look, I'm great, great. Uh, uh, a lot of respect for Crystal Palace. Uh, a lot of fans down there, very nice to me. Oh, I can't know Patrick, uh, great manager. Uh, and I don't, you know, great deal of sympathy. Uh, and obviously he feels a lot of regret about what's happened to uh, Patrick Weber. I've always said to Patrick Weber, I've said, Patrick Weber, I've got a lot of respect for what you've done. So, Patrick's day, though, you know, I always say, but, you know, I'm a patriot, you know me, you know, yeah. but I'm, a, I'm an internationalist as well. Sometimes those two visions can compete. <laughs> am, am, am I the only Englishman to have muttered under his breath? Ooh, we don't do this for St. George's Day. <laughs> I'm not making a point. I'm not making a point, but I'm sort of making a point. We don't do this for St. George's Day. <laughs> but I don't mind it. I've got a big Guinness bucket hat. I'll swap around then, you know, you get even six pints of Guinness, you get a foam hat. I mean, you can't wear it anywhere else, can you? No, can't wear it with, you know, top hat and tail, with a Guinness hat. Ooh, people look at you gone out. The bloody hell, boy, what's the way You can't go away where we now, on Paddy's day. But I drink my Guinness, I'm a big bobby deal, and I say to Patrick, yeah, well, I've got a lot of respect for what we've done at Crystal Manning. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Mark in Essex. Uh, thank you, Sounds like he's from Essex, right? Yeah. All right, geez. Yeah. All right, geez. Yeah. He goes, a work colleague of mine in the 1990s used to get regularly hammered on a Friday evening. <laughs> and we'd always regale us with tales of throwing up in different locations. One day, <laughs> oh, he turned up at work and told us all out in a drunken stupor. He got disorientated, <laughs> tried to find his way to the toilet, accidentally <laughs> weed in the wardrobe in his mum and dad's bedroom. Oh, no. He only oh. realised the error when his dad stopped. Started shouting at him. Still very proud of it though. Shout out to Gary from Braintree. She's marking Essex. Gary, you geese, you're weeding your dad's wardrobe. Legend. Next on Rock and Roll Football, it's Munch of the Day. Oh, it's Munch of the Day. <laughs> so, Dyson, what are people having for dinner tonight? Well, oh, watching uh, Munch of the Day. Well, Chloe says, I couldn't eat during that weird, silent, ghost ship highlights match of the day last week. It was so bizarre to watch, wasn't it? She felt like she could hear every chew when that was on. <laughs> so she's going to return to eating tonight with something loud like Doritos. I hope they're chilly heat waves, Chloe. But yeah, eat loudly tonight. Enjoy it. Eat it loud, eat it proud. Um, yes. Just on a personal note, I think yeah. I might make soup. Is that tragic? Oh, Producer Liam says it's tragic. Hold on a second. Why is that tragic? At night. 
Seems, well, yeah, well, it's not a nighttime thing. That's like a. Well, lunch what, time. Oh, you for breakfast? Yeah. Wow. No, we're lunch, lunchtime, aren't we? <laughs> 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 the night. <laughs> Why? Oh. You're making it look like I'm going to get up at a half eleven and have it. It's just weird. Yes. I mean, you, you didn't strike yeah. me as a sort of super well, night sort of Really? Yeah, Was healthy? Yeah. I put chilli in it, ginger, garlic, because we. Yeah. My immunity. It's still soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's still soup. Soup on a Saturday night does feel a bit sad. Well, it's either that or I go to the pub. So what's healthier? I can't go to the pub. I've got work to do tomorrow, man. Okay. What would you do, Dyson? Um, I, 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 I like the sound of your soup, to be fair. As long as you've got croutons, I'm on No, board. I haven't got croutons. Oh, what? They're yeah. unhealthy. Pub. Pub it is. <laughs> pub, pub, pub it is. I'm going to try and stay strong. There looks like there's a VAR going on, by the yeah, way, at St Mary's. What is it? Something mad is happening. But it's three all. My lord, it's just been given the oh, goal. no, Air no, 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 no. Through the forest lens that we look, it's not good, but it's amazing news for Southampton, isn't it? They've got a three-all now against Spurs, and there's big news for Glory Hunters as well, Forder. Glory Hunters on Rock and Roll Football. 90th minute, goal, goal, goal. 2-0 up are the picks. Sam Mantum coolly picks at Kieran Cook and he strokes the ball home. Come on, the cookie monster. Oh, no! It's a win, it's a win. Dyson, look at Sky. What? Uh, what? Refresh Leeds the BBC scored, website. Leeds have scored a fourth. Leeds oh. have scored a fourth. Wow, the goals are flying in. Rodrigo, deep into injury time. Leeds winning 4-2. Pub or soup, what do I do? Pub. Pub or soup. Pub <laughs> or soup. That'd be a good game. Could, could that be a new Pub feature, or Pub or soup? Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, nice idea. Yeah, I guess in a way, is Guinness a kind of soup? A kind of hot it's a, it's soup? A, Soupy as you get, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of Stout, like uh, yeast gazpacho. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm doing anything original, but gazpacho is it is bad, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to have your soup hot, aren't you? Please tell me. Oh yeah, hot. like cold yeah. soup would be like having hot lager. You'd be like, what are you doing? Rock and roll football podcast done. So, guys, thank you so much for coming today. Do pick up with us afterwards. Um, mm, Matt and yeah. I will be uh, in reception after the plenary if you just want to, you know, swap <laughs> cards, swap ideas. I know, Matt, you're particularly open to new ideas, right? Yes, don't be a stranger. Do touch base with me if there's anything you want to chat about, uh, specifically regarding the content of today's show. And if you want to leave a written review on iTunes, then please do so. Yeah, um, that is important, actually. If you could leave a five-star written review tell your friends share it on the social and yeah. you know we're not saying that you have to do it we're just saying if you don't well, let's not go there but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for us that's just about joined up working yeah holistic approach thinking, yeah that's yeah. right yeah that's what we're all about here on rock and roll football sure guys thank you so much for coming today we'll see you soon bye <laughs> <laughs>